Hello, storytellers. Let's talk about beliefs today. If I told you that all of your beliefs, the ones that you hold most strongly, most deeply, all of them, they're just stories, how would that make you feel? You'd probably resist. I mean, that makes perfect sense. I know that when people have tried to suggest that to me in the past, I have resisted very, very strongly. After all, our beliefs create our sense of identity, and our identity makes us feel that we're standing on solid ground in the world and that we can move forward with some kind of certainty. But the real truth is that All beliefs are stories. They seem so vivid. When you think of them, you probably can only think of them in terms of, this is reality. I know that this is reality. And again, I get it. The illusion of reality is that strong. The beliefs that you have about what you can do, what you can't do, what your limitations are. A belief that some things are impossible and that that's just realistic. Impossible, realistic, they're just words. They're words that we have given deeply rooted meanings to and That's how we can navigate through life. Let's think about beliefs in this way. Do you think that you could be brainwashed into believing that people that you now love, people that you care about, people that you know, that you could turn around and start to believe that the world would be better without them? And that it's perhaps your moral obligation to get rid of those people. It's crazy, right? It's only a sociopath would think that way. Well, in the 1940s in Germany, an entire population, okay, maybe that's not fair, but a huge portion of the population became convinced of a belief system that was carefully planted in their minds by Adolf Hitler, that the German people were part of the master race and that Jewish people were subhuman and that they were infecting the purity of that master race and therefore should be eliminated. Now, one way for us to get our heads around that is to simply think of the Nazis as absolutely insane and psychotic. When we have labels like that, we feel safe because then we have a clear sense of there's us and there's them. But what if you suspended your judgment for just a moment and you refuse to use words like crazy, 
psychotic. And you just viewed the Nazis as human beings like you and like me. And you went a step further to say what they did, as horrific as it was, is something that inside of me there's a capacity to do. Listen, you don't have to agree with me. In fact, I expect that some of you will disagree with me, and I'd love to hear from you if you do. It only makes sense. Most of us see ourselves as good human beings. But think about the fact that the people who embraced the Nazi philosophy before they did were just ordinary people living their lives like you and me. They were people who cared for their families. They were people who had dreams, who had sorrows, who felt hurt, who felt love. Ordinary, everyday human beings. The soldiers who obeyed Hitler's command and annihilated millions of people these same soldiers would go home at night, sit with their wives, their children, their pets, have dinner, listen to music, feel uplifted, feel tender, feel gentle. Yes. How is that possible? Well, again, another word that we can use to just separate us from that kind of behavior is the word monster. These people were monsters. Because we don't see ourselves as monsters, we're safe. We're um, above them. And there's a huge gap between us and them. But it really doesn't take us to the heart of an understanding of what we're all made up of. A story was told to a population. It was told strategically, it was told repeatedly, and it was told extremely seductively. The result? The belief that the Germans were the master race and that the Jews were subhuman and should be eliminated, became real and normal for an entire population for a certain segment of time. Until we're able to get past our egos that tell us that is totally insane and I could never hold beliefs like that, until we get past that, we won't fully appreciate just how powerful the role of narrative is in shaping our reality. Once we can get past the fear, the revulsion even, and accept that the possibility that you and I can live into any belief system and begin to feel it and see it 
and even defended with our lives as reality, once we do that, we have really made tremendous progress. Because if that's possible, and it is, then we have the power, the incredible power, to create stories that are positive, that are enriching, that not only support us, but that support other human beings in the world, and we have the power to create any reality we want to live into. In the upcoming episodes, we're going to keep exploring this theme of change your story, change your life, and hopefully make discoveries about how much we are living in stories every single day, either in ways that move us forward, that uplift us, and make us better, or in ways that hold us back, hold us down, and make us worse. I'd love to know what your takeaways are from this episode. And if you haven't reviewed the show yet on iTunes, go there, make it a point to leave your takeaway as a review along with a star rating. And until then, keep exploring the role of story in your life and keep asking, how can I change my story and change my life?